You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Bloomington Pride Fest will happen next Saturday, August 26th. Later in the program, looming out an LGBTIQ plus public affairs program on WFHB. Interviewed April Hennessy and Phoenix Rang to discuss the upcoming Pride Fest and more. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, double header on Better Beware your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. More following today's feature, but first, your local headlines. The Monroe County Council met on August 8th. During department updates, Monroe County Commissioner Penny Githens shared the commissioner's salary recommendations for 2024. Githen shared that they would like to increase county staff wages by 8.5% to ensure staff can afford to live in the county they work in. But uh, the main reason I'm here is to um, bring you our 144s. I know that electronic copy has been sent to um, Michelle, so hopefully she's forwarded that. But these forms were presented to the county commissioners in July, and we are in accordance with with what was given to us. Um, And we are proposing that all positions receive a wage increase of 8.5%. And I know this is a lot, but this is actually what we would need for COLA, for cost of living, to really allow our employees to keep up with what it costs here. We know that we live in what is probably the most expensive county in the state, and our cost of living here is higher than at other places. There has been some discussion about the fact that the state has suggested that there be a 7.8% increase for um, the probation department, but that was statewide. They're only proposing 6.1% here because of the raise that you all approved across the board for employees here last year. So um, this would also give probation department at 8.5%. And I heard a comment today that I that really struck me, and that is that too many of our own employees cannot afford to live within the county, and I would like to see that changed. So I think that by providing just even this cost of living increase will make a difference. I actually personally would like to see it more than 8.5%, but I think that goes beyond a little bit of what I was authorized to say. So anyway, I'd like to hand this to you, and I thank you for your time. If you've got questions, happy to answer them. Next, the surveyor's office gave an update on their GIS mapping software. Monroe County Surveyor Tron Enright Randolph introduced the department update. And uh, first and foremost, uh, we haven't been able to be this successful without your support. And one of those milestones was just the approval of the GIS technician uh, in May. Thank you so much. Another milestone um, from the support of the county commissioners was our expansion of our ELA. So we have more license, which means more tools to provide county employees to see more things like you're about to uh, witness. I'll go ahead and share my screen and then pass it over to Dr. John Baton 
our GIS coordinator to kind of give you a rundown. GIS coordinator John Baton gave a demonstration of the Monroe County Community Resource webpage. Uh, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me today. Um, this, uh, what I'm going to show you here is a website that we've created uh, highlighting community resources across Monroe County. And so this was a, an idea that was passed on to me by Councilmember Munson, and uh, I've since kind of deployed it. Um, this is a work in progress, and I expect to have some feedback from you, the commissioners, other specialists, and then also the public. Um, the easy way to get to this website, if if anybody is interested, is in my URL right here. It's https uh, colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash Monroe County resource map. You can hit enter on that and this will load. You can see a little splash screen when it does load. Here's a splash screen kind of giving information about how the site functions and things of that nature, along with a link down here for the public to input data in a, um, a survey that I'll, I'll show you here in a second. I'm gonna open this in a new tab just so it populates. I'm gonna hit okay here. Um, what you can see on this map is resources. It's actually 60 resources that have been mapped and symbolized uh, for Monroe County. Um, oh, I can see that my legend, oh, actually the legend's not blanked out here, it's blanked out on my screen. Um, the legend here on the right is showing the different types of resources that are mapped, so things like pantries, uh, food, uh, prepared meals, uh, places that offer financial assistance, medical health and recovery, uh, legal and judicial help, uh, shelters, uh, clothing and furniture, housing, as well as bus stops and bus routes. Um, as you zoom in on the map, um, bus stops will appear. You can click on a bus stop, and what you'll see is the name of the bus stop. So this is the Whitehall Plaza at Planet Fitness, as well as a link that brings you to the City of Bloomington's double map uh, web map as well that shows where maps are in real time. I'll just close out of that. All these uh, icons, when you click on one of them, for instance, this shelter here, you'll get a pop-up. This is the Wheeler Mission for Men. It gives the name of the shelter, what type of facility it is, its address, contact number, and hours of operation, right? This is all fairly basic mapping, nothing too spectacular here. There are some cool things that we've embedded into this map, though. Next, the council discussed the local income tax for the 2024 budget. Council President Kate Wiltz explained that this is an annual review of the estimated property tax levy limits and property tax caps for the budget. Let's move then to item seven on our agenda, which is um, the county fiscal body's annual review of the estimated property tax levy limits and the uh, tax caps, which are called circuit breakers. Um, so... The county fiscal body, us, every year um, must review those numbers, which are the estimated uh, limits and caps, and look at the impact for Monroe County non-binding en entities. <clears throat> and I believe Councillor McKim has a few words to say um, to help us make that review. Councilmember Jeff McKim shared the tax cap impacts from 2023 and the estimated tax cap impacts for 2024. What, I, what I've done on this uh, spreadsheet right here is compared the uh, 
the 2024 estimates that were provided by the DLGF with the actuals in 2023. You don't actually see the actuals here. Uh, I've got those uh, rows or columns hidden, but you do see the estimated change and the estimated change percent. And one of the things that uh, you'll notice is that almost all of the larger units have an, have an estimated impact of around four, uh, around or actually 4%, uh, which makes me think that they probably just use the maximum levy growth quotient as a proxy. And, and so I'm not sure that there's actually any real insight to be gained here. The one, the units that have large, uh, seemingly large percentage impacts are those units that have very tiny real impacts. And so even a few dollars uh, made, a, made a huge difference. So, you know, Steinsville, for example, um, had a very large percentage increase, but still their estimated increase or estimated tax cap impact is only $150. Um, if we add up all of the impacts countywide, uh, we see an estimate of about uh, $111,000 more than uh, more than uh, 2023 than the actuals for 2023. Generally, we find that the actuals are less than the estimates. So I think you know my conclusion here would be that the impacts for 2024 are going to be no worse than uh, the impacts for 2023. McKim tied the conversation about local income tax back to Commissioner Githin's presentation on the salary recommendation for 2024. And, and by the way, this all relates, of course, also to the um, presentation we received earlier of the 144s and the request for cost of living adjustment. You know, we hear 8.5% uh, cost of living adjustment, and, and it is definitely very much deserved. But we all need to be aware that what we're seeing is a 4% increase in property tax, not an 8.5% increase in property tax. And the other big piece, the, um, the uh, local income tax, is probably even a little bit bleaker than that, uh, although we don't know for sure. The state budget agency released the overall countywide uh, lit increase, and it was at 3.64%. Now, you know, we don't know what yeah, what we get of that versus the city. So we could get more than 3.64 or less than 3.64. But overall, the, the lit coming into the county increased by 3.64%. So those are the kinds of percentages we're talking about in terms of increased revenue. The Monroe County Council will continue their discussion of the 2024 budget at a meeting on September 6th. Bloomington Pride Fest will happen next Saturday, August 26th. Blooming Out, an LGBTIQ plus public affairs program on WFHB, interviewed April Hennessy and Phoenix Rang to discuss the upcoming Pride Fest and more. You can find previous episodes of Blooming Out on our website at wfhb.org. We turn to host and producer Melanie Davis for more. Uh, we have April Hennessy in the uh, studio. Hi. Hey, how's it going? And we have Phoenix Rain in the studio. Hello. April? Yeah. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. So I am on the school board. Um, my term is actually up in 2024. Mm -hmm. So then I have to decide, like, what do I do? Run again or what? Um, I've been in Bloomington since 2007. I came for grad school and just kind of stuck around like a lot of people. Um, I have three kids, married. We have like five pets. You know, our life is just 
chaos right now, but good a good kind of chaos, mostly. And Phoenix, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, I'm Phoenix. Um, I'm a community member. I'm a leader of Kaleidoscope Youth Community, which is a queer youth community that serves ages 12 to 21 in Bloomington. And I'm also a board member of Protect Our People, which uh, Melanie has talked about before on the show. So, and Kaleidoscope, for those who don't know, started off as PRISM and uh, mm-hmm. is now uh, Kaleidoscope. You're still doing the uh, same kind of work, same yeah. same sort of programs uh, as before, right? Yeah, we have uh, weekly meetings on Tuesdays at the Bloomington Center for Connection across from Hopscotch on Dodd Street. We also plan events like the Know Your Glow Dance, and we do volunteer work around the community. And our education and training group does uh, trainings with youth serving organizations around Bloomington and also around Indiana um, that's led by our youth. Part of the reason I think I'm here is because I do serve on the Bloomington Pride Planning Committee. Uh So that's one of the things that we're sort of busy and in the midst of. Wait, Bloomington Pride planning for what? Oh, for Pride Fest 2023. (gasps) That's right. Yeah. August 26th. That's right. It's coming soon. Tell us about Pride Fest. Oh, I think it got called like the best or one of the best college prides, like by a couple of, you know, pretty well-known publications. So that's a, that's a kind of cool thing, right? So Pride Fest is, um, a day where we just have a bunch of fun. We have lots of different shows and vendors and people come from all over the state to hang out in Bloomington. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a really cool couple of years watching it continue to grow. I mean, obviously the pandemic was like a, it was kind of a slump of a year that, that year or two, but, uh, yeah, we're back in full swing. Last year was amazing, Mm -hmm. huge turnout. And so we're hoping to replicate that again this year. I am so happy. Like when I first moved to town, you know, you know, cause Mm -hmm. y'all are here, but, uh, first moving to town, there was no pride fest. There was Mm -hmm. nothing. And I thought for the, one of the gayest places on the planet, (laughs) Um, for us not to have a pride fest was, we had, we had the, the film festival, mm-hmm. which was great, but it wasn't really, you know, that come as you are totally. pride fest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of missed the film fest, uh, but pride fest is ever expanding Yep, and, uh, it allows for everybody to come and enjoy, mm-hmm. which has been every year, year after year, it's just expanded this year. Um, last year we had a, a couple of issues with uh, some some groups that were not actually at Pride Fest, mm-hmm. but were kind of adjacent to. Yep. And the the fear was that they were actually going to try to crash Pride Fest, um, but they ended up not. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, there was there was some outside help there for sure. Um. And and you know. It, it's still safe. It's still one of the best little things. Of course, Spencer Pride is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for this town, for as, as big as it is and mm-hmm. everything, to draw so many different people and so many different um, uh, organizations and acts, yep. it's beautiful. It so. is. It really is. I love it. I mean, I just love... I love being a part of it. It's a ton of work, but it's worth it. You know, like when it's all said and done and it's all over and everybody's had such a good time and you can just see like, especially for me, like seeing all of the kids that come out, like all of the youth that come out to really enjoy that space is super rewarding and cool for me because, you know, 
how it kind of was when we were young. Right. I mean, I act like I'm 90, but still, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it definitely wasn't like that. No, no. No. Well, I mean, there was one pride in the area uh, for where I grew up, and that was Chicago. Yeah. You'd have to go to another, you know, St. Louis Mm -hmm. or um, uh, Louisville. Sorry, said that wrong. Louisville pride. (laughs) And Louisville is a town in Kentucky. I don't know if any of you know that. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I just have to (laughs) harp. But... Uh, there's, there's one of the things that was so heartwarming was seeing like families come out Mm -hmm. and seeing all these, you know, full gamut of people and also, you know, our straight families and allies who are coming out and enjoying the day, Mm -hmm. which was, uh, definitely not the case back in. Oh, no, for sure not. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like, oh, it's. It's just for us. We're the only people interested in it. And and now there's so much participation and everybody talks about it. Um, Yes, it's got to be huge, huge, huge planning thing. What is that planning process like for you? you, When do you start? Well, you know, we started several months back. It's kind of like at this point we have some established procedures and plans and we have templates and things that we're not like building it all from scratch every time. So that really helps. But it's still just a ton of work to make sure that like all of the vendors are set up and all of the communications go out and all of the, you know, we have enough volunteers to help run it because it really is a volunteer run thing. Like if we don't have the volunteers, we can't really make it happen. We're a pretty tiny team, you know, so we really rely heavily on volunteers who've been really generous with their time over the years. So, um, do you and still need volunteers? We absolutely still need volunteers. Um, and so there should be social media stuff going out, but also, um, you know, I just posted on my page, my, a link to the sign up sheet and people can contact any one of us at Bloomington Pride and get that link to sign up. Okay. But, um, is there a place that they should go? Like contact at Bloomington Pride? Is there? Oh gosh. You know, um, hmm. We have a lot of different email addresses, but they could just email me at april.hennessy at bloomingtonpride.org. Okay. And I will be able to get them all the information they need. Great. One of the things that um, uh, the kids have really loved is not just the, 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 um, the you know, booths or booths. Yeah, booths or booths. That's more adult stuff. Totally. But there, there was uh, uh, the wrestling last oh, year. Oh, my gosh, the wrestling. <laughs> and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... The, all of these like little side entertainment bits that yep. are going on and everybody's participating, you know, even if you're just watching, you're still participating, uh, finding those people, do they come to you? Is there a, like a repository of queer talents that you go to and like pluck from or? Yeah. A little bit of all of that. Like sometimes people are like, Hey, I do this thing. Are you interested? And sometimes we're like, Oh, that's cool. And sometimes we're like, Maybe not for this thing, but um, it's a mix, right? So people come to us, we find people, we try to find some of those yeah. things to appeal to people. And then we always try to have like some kind of kid related family zone kind of things, mm-hmm. which has evolved and changed over the years. And then just like the logistics of ensuring that streets are blocked off and we have appropriate like 
security measures or safety measures and health professionals and just all of the logistics that go into running something like that. Right. And the security things evolved over time, too. Mm -hmm. Um, For for those of us who have been paying attention, and if you're listening to the show right now, you you are probably one of those people that pays attention to such things. there, there might not be that heavy police presence that you're expecting, um, but there are definitely people who are running security who are there as, as even participants. So it's not a, um, it's not something that outwardly looks like there's a whole lot, but there are tons of people who are, are working that. That's right. And I mean, we're required by law to provide certain kinds of security measures. So mm-hmm. certain plans and things like that. You know, we don't talk a whole lot about that because then it makes us less safe if we talk about it too right. much. But mm-hmm. we do. We're required by law to have certain things. And then we implement other measures as well that we feel like keep our population safe. Yeah. Right. Um, so we have to do a little of both, but we try to make sure that it's balanced. Yeah. I'm, I, it, it holds a special place in my heart, uh, just because, you know, we get to see everybody. We get to see the scope of our growing, uh, uh, the comf- growing comfort of our community and the community around us, uh, all coming together to celebrate. Up next, Double Header on Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. We turn to host and producer Richard Fish for more. Beware. Here's your consumer watchdog from WFHB Community Radio with the latest information and helpful hints designed to keep your head out of the clouds, your feet on the ground, and your money in your pocket. We've got two scams to avoid this time, and both are equal opportunity ripoffs that can happen to anyone. First, there's the process server scam. The Better Business Bureau is warning about this one. So just what is a process server and what's a process? In this context, a process is a legal document issued by a court, for instance, a subpoena requiring you to testify as a witness, or a court order obtained by a debt collector. This scam happens on the telephone, and that's how you know it's probably a fake. In most cases, a court order comes to you through the mail, but otherwise, a human being called a process server comes to your home or to your workplace or finds you somewhere and hands you the document in person. You don't get a phone call or a text message or an email. The phony on your telephone will try to scare you, saying you've been sued or a court has ordered you to pay money or put a lien on your home. Or they might be mysterious, saying there's a court order, but they can't discuss the details. You'll be asked to confirm your social security number, birthday, address. You got it. They're out to steal your identity. They might even have some of that info already. It's a swindle every time. 
No real process server does anything like that. And, as always, never give personal information on the phone to anyone who calls you. Now, if you're on Facebook, watch out for the Look Who Died scam. You get a message from a Facebook friend about the death of someone you know or maybe a famous person. There's a link to click that's supposed to take you to a news story. If you click, you don't get a news story. You get hacked. Some nasty malware will be installed on your computer within seconds. If you fall for this one, you'll need to do a lot of things really quickly. You might find you're locked out of your Facebook account, but if not, change your Facebook login. Report it to Facebook. Then go to the Facebook settings and check security for devices or locations you don't recognize. Check the email addresses linked to your account and remove any strange ones. Turn on two-factor authentication if you aren't using it already. Go to your email program and change all your email passwords and use your security program to do a complete scan of your computer. Finally, get in touch with the friend who sent you that phony look-who-died message and let them know their account has been hacked. Yep, this one's a real mess. If you get a message from anyone about a death, do not click on any links in that message. Confirm the news some other way first, or get in touch with the sender and confirm it really came from them. I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs. Better Beware comes to you from WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Find all our episodes at wfhb.org. If you can help put the kibosh on a con, email beware at wfhb.org. Remember, swindlers never give a sucker an even break. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noelle Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Melanie Davis. Better Beware is produced by Richard Fish. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. For WFHB, this is your engineer and executive producer, Cade Young. And I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for cool solutions, climate action from the bottom up, coming up next on WFHB Community Radio.
You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending New Volunteer Orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, longer.